This is a Sharp Old Hat podcast and my name is Chris. I had the great pleasure of talking to a woman of many fabulous talents about her remarkable journey from England, which ultimately led her to Canvara. She's by no means a stranger in a strange land anymore. This is a conversation with Kath Taylor. a Catholic convent so you went to a Catholic convent mm-hmm. where, whereabouts in England is it yeah where I grew up yeah where did you grow up and were you already recording we're already recording oh, okay I grew up in Leoncey which is east of London about 30 miles east of London all oh, right and I went to St Barn- Bernard's Catholic I can't even think what it was called high school for girls all right. St. Bernard's Convent High School for Girls. That must be what it was called. Yeah, but did, did you, like, did your parents or your grandparents come from Ireland? Or is there no, any Irish connection? No, no connection. No, no. Oh, that's unusual because a lot and of... I'm non-Catholic, yeah. but it was... When my older sister went, it had a reputation of being a very good school. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the time I got there, yeah. that was gone. Yeah. <laughs> but we still went there. Yeah. It's the same with Seamount as well. It's local and exactly. all girls are going yeah. to Seamount because, not yeah. because of the religious yeah. acts, but because yeah. it's a local school. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, So how did you end up in Ireland then? Well, I was living in London. I started playing Irish music in London. No Irish connection, you started playing Irish music. Well, no, but because I went to a Catholic school, most of my friends were second generation ah, Irish yeah, or yeah. Italian, yeah. one or the other. Yeah. And my closest friend, her mother, was like a second mother to me as a teenager. Yeah. She was from Valley Hornis. Oh, right, amazing. So I already had a connection. They ran the folk club. Yeah. So I, was, I, was, I used to play the guitar and sing in the folk club and stuff. And that's how you got into track music. And then, not really, I was, well, actually, no, I came over to a festival in um, Sligo, Alasadere, and I heard people playing the tin whistle, and I thought, oh, that's easy, because I was already a musician. Okay. I played classical music from the age of five or six. And your main instrument would have been the violin or the piano? Originally the piano. Okay. Piano, violin, clarinet, guitar, then I took up the flute, (laughs) then I took up the tin whistle. (laughs) But anyway, I bought a tin whistle that year, which I think was 1979, and a book, O'Neill's, which is kind of the Bible, the an old collection of music made in, in the States yeah. in the 20s. I think it was in the 20s. And I brought it home, and I could play the music, but it didn't mean anything to me. I could play the notes. And then I saw, a few years later, I saw an advert for my local community centre, which is in... Um, um, I can't even think what it's called, in North London anyway, <laughs> and um, for tin whistle lessons. So I went to that, and then um, somebody in the class was playing the flute, and she was going to the Willie Clancy Week, which is a big summer school that's been going for about 30 years now, or more oh, than okay. that, more than that, because I'm playing more than 30 years. And so I went that first summer, which was 1985. I'd never been to a session before. <laughs> I just thought I had landed into heaven. Really, yeah? I loved it. We'd go into the pub at one o'clock after the classes. as morning classes. I was doing the flute now by now. And we'd go into the pub at one o'clock and we'd maybe kind of fall out at one o'clock in the morning. Now, it wouldn't be the same pub. We'd be moving from pub. I'd never been to a session I just thought, this is brilliant. You can just come in and sit down and play a tune and then That's what go off for your tea. Yeah. And it was probably the, not the best sessions at all, but for me, I just, I, it was just heaven. Was it just because it was lively and more integrative than um, classical music, which you would have played before then? Well, definitely that, but I just love the music and I still do. It's a total, total obsession for me. Yeah. Absolute obsessive. If I could do it night and day and somebody would pay me, I would. After all this time, yeah? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And what, what age? So that was 1985. I what was age in would London. you have been roughly like? 30. So you could have had, had a drink. It wasn't like oh, you yeah, were thrown yeah. into something. Yeah. You went to the pub and it was the music that took you. It wasn't uh, basically. No, it wasn't you went drinking. There. It wasn't the drinking. Ah, okay. No, I mean, I would have been drinking a bit, but not a lot. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. that could have been the other way around that you yeah, basically no, fall into it over the drinking. No. Ah. And yeah. 
Then you just basically continued. So that was 1985, was the oh. first year I went to Willie Clancy, and that's the first year I thought, oh, my God, I want to do this. So I was working for a local authority in London, ha mm. um, Haringey, and um, I used to go into the office, like, 7 o'clock in the morning to play mm. for two hours because I was living in a communal house. Oh, right, because you couldn't make noise there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd just practice and practice two or three hours a day. And did people know that you were coming in at seven o'clock in the oh, morning? Yeah. Did yeah. you get your employee? I was of a manager anyway. So oh, right, yeah. not the total manager, but I was a manager, yeah. so there wasn't any question about me coming in and out. Yeah, that's that's weird. Like you must have that must have really taken you like Yeah, it did, yeah. And it still does. Yeah. That's fantastic. But then um various things happened, including my ex husband was killed in a climbing accident. All oh, right, yeah. And it got to the point that I just wanted to leave London. Yeah. And a lot of people I knew by that point were moving back to Ireland or yeah. like musicians that I knew in yeah. London. Yeah. Beginning of the 90s, it was still cheap enough to buy a place here. That's true. It was Sell a place in London and buy a place here quite comfortably. Yeah, that's true, actually. So yeah. that's what I did. So you basically just so followed the music So I came here in 91. I just thought, I was kind of in a place of thinking, I'm not happy here. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I was working as an architect. All oh. time. I don't know if you knew that, but yeah, I'm, you told I'm me, an yeah. architect. So I was working in an office all day and I thought, I really don't like this. Well, no, that's not true. Because when I was in Harringay, I was not actually working as an architect. But I was working with buildings. Anyway. But that paid the bills and you followed it the It paid music. the bills and I just thought, feck it, I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go. I didn't know at that point that I was going to stay. Yeah. Where, where did you arrive? When or where? Where? Where I came to Galway because I came to a set. I was mad into set dancing as well. Mm. There was a huge gang of us in London that were doing yeah. set dancing. And we came to the first Galway International Set Dancing Weekend which was in March 1991. Mm. And I met a few people there who were still friends mm. who said, oh, come over, come over. And I thought, yeah, why not? Just go. Yeah. I was also had a bit of an excuse in that I was doing a master's in Irish studies in my own time um, about women playing Irish music. Mm. And um, so my excuse was I was going to do uh, research for that. That's what I told people. It sounded a bit better than, oh, I just want to go and play music. But really, I just wanted to go and play music. Have you left the job at that point? Or was it just a holiday um, which you extended? I can't exactly remember. Too long ago. Because, I mean, logistics are kind of feature yeah. as well. You know. Well, Sam died in, nine, in 89. And it was another year and a half. I think... Oh, no, I was working for Haringey. Yeah, I was working for Haringey. No, I haven't left. I hadn't left the job, um, but I left it in order to move here. Yeah, okay. Because I just remember some clients of mine, because I was working with community groups who so were getting building works done and things like that. And I remember some of them complaining about me going off, but <laughs> yeah, so it's just I hadn't finished the job. But what can you yeah. do? If you're leaving, you're leaving. Yeah. And they didn't pay you enough, obviously, then. They didn't pay. They actually <laughs> paid me extremely well. I've never been paid as well since. <laughs> yeah, but if they say, here's the million and you have half the time to play Irish music, that would have been an argument. Kind of footballers' wages, like. But you know, Chris, when so. I landed in Galway, I mean, I moved here as well because a friend's sister had a house in Galway that she yeah. had a room. I would have been playing every night yeah. and two or three afternoons a week as well. All yeah. And I, w I got a job in Mulligan Records, so I was working in the day oh, in the record shop. Oh, I in the record shop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's very good. With um, Mike Larkin, who used to run that, and it was a great job. It was a lovely job, and he was really, really nice. Yeah. And did you then make... Quickly friends with um, the local musicians then go with City. And they would have been from all over the place as well. Like, But two of the people I got to know really well were yeah. Charlie Piggott, Charlie Piggott, who lived in the Thatch here, mm -hmm. and Jackie Daly, who were both shit-hot accordion yeah. players. Yeah. And it was through them, really, I started coming down to play here because I, I got to play with them a lot. Yeah. And... and um, so it was Galway City um, I first. I was in Galway City. Kinvara came a little bit later then, yeah? 
I was in Galway City, I don't know how long, maybe 18 months. Yeah. And I was involved in a court, well, not a court case, a, a legal battle with my in-laws. Yeah. And in the end, I woke up one day. They were trying to get money out of me for mm. the house that I yeah. thought legally they weren't entitled to. And we had barristers involved. Yeah. You know about that. <laughs> and I just woke up one day and thought, fuck it. Yeah. I don't care. I just yeah. pay them the money and go. Yeah. I don't need this. Yeah. I don't need That's this and decision, I don't need their yeah. money. So I gave them the money yeah. and um, was free of all of that. Yeah. It's a brave decision. See, when I came to Ireland first, I was, what, 22. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I came with a backpack and just stayed. Yeah. Yeah. There was no logistics involved. There was this, didn't have to worry about giving up a job or, you know, selling a house or any of that like yeah. so that's relatively easy but when you're already in your 30s you have a life build and I mean, you, a have, house. you have bought furniture yeah you know yeah. that needs and to be house. put somewhere just the hands-on stuff yeah um so, so that once the house was sold, sold i yeah. bought i was looking to buy a house in galway but it was too expensive unless you lived on an estate which is not what i wanted yeah of course yeah so i actually bought a little house in oramore mm-hmm. a cottage and did that up yeah and Which I was, was then the country friends size. with Alan Wallace, who lived along here. Yeah. Do you know Alan and Anne? Yeah, of course, yeah. And Alan, I knew Elsie's house, which is the house I'm in mm-hmm. now. And Alan said, um, oh, El- Elsie's selling her house. He was actually telling me, because I knew someone else was looking for a place yeah. in Canberra. And I had thought, I thought, that would be a nice place to live. <laughs> I had no intention of moving. Yeah. But when I thought about it, I just thought, no, actually, I think that's a good thing to do. But so I sold my house and moved here. <laughs> but that must have been, like, we're talking about the, the late my... 80s, early 90s. That yeah. must have been really remote. I mean, when I see, like, on our road now, all the houses, they're relatively new. Um, there must have been yeah, a lot Yeah, most of these houses, houses have been built since I moved here. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So all of a sudden you find yourself in the sticks, like, coming from London. Yeah, but all my... All my musical friends lived along here. So Peter and Jane were here yeah. already and um, Paul Mulligan, yeah. Alan and Anne. Yeah. Um, Charlie was still here. Well, actually, no, Charlie moved about the time I moved here. I already I already had a music circle yeah. in Kinvara and I was already teaching flute and whistle and set dancing in Kinvara before I moved yeah. here. So that I means- used to teach in Winkles. Oh, Bertie pub. told me about this place that's where the pharmacy is now, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It was a fantastic pub. And it's supposed to be very famous. It was very famous. Uh, but I used to teach the whistle and I used to teach set dancing there as well. Uh, and did you have any, any problems like because of your accent and, and your background that people wouldn't really take you? I think it's more of a problem full? for me than other people. I've only once or twice ever come across any anti-English, really yeah. overt anti-Englishness. I am conscious of it, but I mean, yeah. I can't pretend to be anything else. So, yeah. no, I mean, fair enough. We are what we are, but particularly when you're teaching the Irish Irish music, yeah, you know, like a, selling the ice problem. cubes to the Eskimos, like it is a slight problem. Yeah, I still think it's a slight problem, but what can I do? It's what I know, and I have yeah. never ever set out to teach music. Yeah. People come to me and say, yeah. "Will you give me some lessons?" Well, so did we. Yeah. So that's yeah. how it worked. Yeah, but that's, um, I just find it interesting um, from a point of view that you followed the music, obviously, to Ireland, and this was your passion now, and then you worked in a record shop and gave lessons um, after leaving a well-paid, good job, kind of an academic job in England, Um, so it's a whole change of life, and life takes those turns, like... Absolutely, it was just a question of lifestyle, and my lifestyle now uh, is just perfect. This, this fantastic. I, this I, I don't want get. to be in an office. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm retired now anyway, but I don't yeah. want to be doing that. No, I fully get I this. I have a fantastic lifestyle. And I, I get by on not much money, but I've been yeah. lucky in that I've her- inherited money. Sure. And I know I'm privileged yeah. in that way. Sure. We're all privileged yeah. where we're living. Like, you know, it yeah. does take a certain um, amount of money. It's a certain yeah. Yeah. affluency no, that's, that's required. Yeah. But how did you actually get the confidence to go out in, in Galway and County Galway and play Irish music, which you would have been probably reasonably good at, but playing with the people here and having the confidence to say, right, it's me, I play along. Wouldn't that have taken a lot of balls? Like I don't know. 
Just did. You know, it's me with my three chords on the guitar going up to, yeah, no, I, I don't know, the Rolling Stones. Hey, it's me, sack the other one. I progressed pretty quickly because I put yeah. a huge amount of time into it. Yeah. And um, when I very first moved to Galway, I met a lovely friend who was here a couple of months ago. She She's from New York, mm. but she knew everybody and she still knows everybody. She's a great flute player. And we hung out together. Yeah. So she would be... My sidekick, so he said, oh, come on, we'll go down to Hogan's or wherever it was. Yeah, and wouldn't make the introductions, um, like. Exactly. Yeah. But they're very welcome but, um, in the sense here. It does take a bit of guts, but if you're determined, I was just determined to do it. Yeah. And now I would find it really hard to sit in with a lot of people I don't know. Yeah. Especially because I'm playing concertina now. I'm only playing that a few years, and... So I'm a relative beginner when I go to a session. Now, yeah. I know the tunes in my head. It doesn't mean to say yeah. I can play them. No, no, of course. The dexterity so obviously comes with it's time. It's very I'm different. Sure. Yeah. And the fiddle, you don't play at all anymore, really? I do play the fiddle, but yeah. I play, I only play old-time American music on the fiddle. All right. I was out last night playing in the old-time session. Yeah, if not, I haven't seen you in the pubs yet. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, I come across a couple of people, like Peter, for example, there, uh, one of those Tuesdays, but um, I've well, never I really seen you. I Chalice on a Sunday, yeah. half past five till eight, and every other Monday is uh, an old-time session in yeah. Chalice. And do you get a kick out of, like what Peter said, um, he really gets a kick out of playing with players who are much better than, oh, than absolutely. him. Oh, absolutely. Because that really lifts his game absolutely. and he needs to concentrate a lot of harder. Yeah. 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 And what do you have to say about the people um, playing Irish trad music, always sitting there very, shall we say, concentrated, very focused, but they don't seem to be very happy. Of, I was thinking about that, especially since you mentioned it before. I was thinking about it last night. You just have to concentrate when you're playing. It's going so fast. You've really got to concentrate mm -hmm. on your playing. It's not easy to do it and smile at the same time. Okay. And I was thinking, okay, when you're looking at an orchestra playing, how many people in the orchestra are smiling while they're playing? Hardly anyone. Well, there you go. But it doesn't mean to say yeah. they're not enjoying it. Yeah. But when you I look... mean, every now and again, Chris, yeah. you catch somebody's eye and you smile. Yeah. Or there's one tune I play, it's called The Cat's Meow. Yeah. <laughs> and when it's coming up, when I'm going to start it, like in the middle of a... When I'm going to change from one tune into the cat's meow, yeah. I just shout out, meow. <laughs> and Ailish and I have a good laugh about things like that. You know, we look at each yeah. other and laugh. Yeah. But in the ordinary way, you're so focused on what you're playing. Yeah, I only compare it's to impossible to popular smile. music, it's you know, rock music. To smile. Yeah. And it's not necessarily the performance of smiling for the audience, but when uh, all the bands I've ever played in, like say rock music, punk, mm. ska, all mm. that, it's basically party music and, and people are always, um, well, at least animated. And I think it's actually the lack of animation, not even just the smiles. Um, mm. You don't have to run mm -hmm. around like Sharon Shannon, for example. Mm, well, Sharon... But the lack of animation uh, in Irish trap bands, I find it quite stunning. But Peter explained it very well. The well other and... thing as well is in a session, I'm not playing for the audience. Mm -hmm. I'm playing for myself. If people want to come right. and listen, fair enough. But it's not, a, it's not like being on a stage. Yeah. If I was on a stage, it might be a bit different. Yeah. Is but even some... so, it's about concentrating. I've been thinking about it, and I think I said to you, we've been talking about it mm. in the session on a Sunday. So there's one woman, Mary Durvin, who I know from, she's a, a lovely box player from Ballanderine. She's a real local. I think, <laughs> I think. So one um, out of three, yeah. Yeah. And we joke about it. I try and make her smile while we're playing, yeah. and she tries to make me smile. Oh, that's cool. And it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Okay, you're concentrating. <laughs> But do you, do you feel some competitiveness um, between the players in, in, your, in your band? No, it's not a band either. No. It's not a band. It's just people who get together to play. Oh. It's not always the same people. Okay. But say you're in that gathering of people. And yeah, in the session. Most of them in the session. Yeah, the session. Exactly, yeah. because Peter told me it's yeah. called a band. Like, yeah. But say in the session um, and you... Come across this one, you, you say you are playing the fiddle or the concertina, mm -hmm. which is new to you, so mm -hmm. you might be might relate better to the fiddle. Um, you're sitting there for an hour, play the fiddle, everything is going honky dory, and the next person comes in, packs out the fiddle, and plays. Well, at your level, maybe slightly better. Yeah. Do you get kind of competitive about no, this now? Not at all. No, no, no. no. I know that, I mean, I already play with people who are much, much better than me. Yeah. 
So, no, there's no question of competition. No, I'm interested to hear yeah. them. Or when they're much better, I get this, you want to learn. Or when they're much Absolutely. weaker, then you want to help them along. But if there's someone coming in who's I don't who's want to help them along in the session. <laughs> I don't want... I mean, if you go into a session, there's some, some kind of unwritten rules. If you go into a session with people you don't know, you don't join in unless, A, you're not going to change the repertoire drastically. Okay. So if you only play Johnny Gall tunes and everyone else is playing tunes from Claire, for example, you don't come in and start playing a load of Johnny Gall tunes. It's not your place. Fair enough. You don't change the tempo. So some, mm -hmm. the tempo is already set. So you don't mm -hmm. start playing faster or slower. Right. So you have to really judge the level of the session before mm -hmm. you start playing. Do you have to be invited? Or can you just you don't sit have down? To be, well, it is polite to ask if it's okay to play. Okay. Sit down. Right. It would be impolite to come in and sit down without asking. If you, yeah, okay. Yeah. I get that, yeah. Like on any table. And know. usually, I mean, usually there's two people paid. Yeah. And then everyone else comes in and sits, sits around, whoever wants to come in. Okay. And the two people who are paid are kind of leading the session. So they choose all the tunes. Sure. But they will ask other people, say, start a tune uh, there, Kath, or something like that. Uh, so, so then you start a tune yourself. Uh, so you, it's very different from what Peter does um, every other Tuesday or however often he has time. Like, this is not a paid session. Yeah, it's an informal it's, gathering, basically. It's more informal again, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For you, it's a lot more professional. And I actually I started that session. What did you do? A few years ago, we... Because I was giving classes, I started it down in um, in Fahis. All right, yeah. Michael's pub. And um, Elaine had to ask us to stop playing because uh, the locals didn't like it. <laughs> But I started it for my pupils. Yeah. yeah. And then they moved into Sexton's. Yeah. And I didn't want to be going in and out to that. Yeah, sure. Because it's, it was, it's like giving a lesson without being paid to give a lesson. <laughs> yeah. It's not interesting for me. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just taken off and that's what it's become now. Fais don't do any it's music pretty at all much anymore, a begin they? It's not a beginner's session, but it's more of a, it's a anybody can join in uh, session. So I can tell that you're really into the whole professional aspect of Absolutely. Irish music. Absolutely. I never really, uh, I never really knew this about you. I knew that you were playing um, yeah. at a very good level in, 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 in the village, like, but I never knew how seriously you took it. I'm very serious. Yeah, good on but you. But when I started, then I started going to art college because a friend of mine was doing that, and I thought, oh, I'd like to do that. And when I started back in college, which was 93 or 94, I was playing four gigs a week. Yeah. So I was already making a good living doing it. So it was really um, the the passion um, was complemented by a bit absolutely. of financial gain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But you would have done it for free, I would imagine. Not necessarily. No, because gigs are different. Yeah. So it pushes you to be prepared. You have to you have to be able to start tunes. You have to be able to keep going. It pushes you into another level if yeah. you're running a session. Yeah. But you never so, lost the joy in it, no. Not at all. Because I, no, I was playing the flute. Now, the flute was my main instrument up until COVID. Because yeah. I know a couple of people who um, basically, a couple of musicians who, well, as soon as they got paid to do gigs, yeah. they kind of lost interest. They, they lost all spark for music. And we're talking about punk rock ska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, as soon as they, they were hired to play a gig for an hour and a half, two yeah, hours. Yeah, it is um, different. They just, after six months, but, you could really see it. They wanted to walk away. But it's different between a, that kind of performance where uh, you're on a stage or whatever and you're playing to an audience. If you're paid to run a session, yeah. it's still a session. Yeah. It's not so much a performance where you have to be on the top uh, of your game and it doesn't have the same pressure. It has a different kind of pressure, which yeah. is good, which I like the challenge. I like any kind yeah. of challenge that pushes me to learn more because yeah. it's interesting. But playing on a stage is a different... I mean, I have done concerts. Playing on a stage, it's not the same at all. Didn't you just play, was it two or three weeks ago? It has something to do with Seamount. Wasn't there quite a big gig you played in as well? No. Nope. I see something on the Seamount uh, Facebook site. No, not no. me. 
I thought you were involved, but there was anyway, there was a big uh, kind of orchestral setting and there were loads of people. Oh, well, the, the, I'm in the Canberra Community Orchestra. Well, I've only seen it on the Seamount um, Facebook site, but it could have been somewhere else. It, it could have been well the community be. centre, but yeah. there was a relatively I mean, the big community gathering. Center or only a couple of orchestra. weeks ago. I mean, the Canberra Community Orchestra. Yeah. There was some occasion on this. Yeah, we played on March the 19th yeah, 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 in yeah. the community centre. Big, I mean, it was packed. Yeah, and what was that about? Well, we it was a performance by the orchestra. <laughs> yeah, but like... Well, so we meet there. every Sunday morning, the orchestra. Yeah. There's 50, uh, about 50 people in it, uh, nearly all from around Canberra, but some come uh, from a little bit further away. Uh, Professionals, amateurs, mm -hmm. all sorts. But there wasn't Trad a special players. occasion yet. It wasn't a special occasion. Remember. It was just a performance. Yeah. I, I thought I saw something. But it Maybe that was something natural, different. Yeah. Um, uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. And um, the, so the trap music, you would take yourself serious enough not to just um, throw pearl before swine. Absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Gospel of Matthew, what is it? 6 2 or something know, like that. Oh, it's one mean. of my favorite ones. Um, is it, uh, don't throw that which is holy onto the dogs, nor cast your pearls oh, before yeah. swine, right. yeah. uh, lest yeah. they trample in you and rend you. <laughs> fantastic quote. And it I. Is. I don't have much time for the Bible, but it's a fantastic <laughs> like work one. of fiction. Like I'm loving it. Um, so anyway, so, yeah, being paid to lead a session uh, is is the best, really. Yeah. Because yeah. you're doing what you want to do anyway, and you get paid. Yeah. And yeah. you usually get free drinks. Now, <laughs> historically, yeah. the pubs always just gave drink, but gradually over time, yeah. I think in the 90s, really, they started playing, yeah. paying people. I played in a rockabilly band back in the late 80s and um, we did, do you remember the Blues Brothers, the film mm -hmm. in Bob's mm -hmm. Country Bunker mm -hmm. and we regularly <laughs> played gigs like where we actually, when we wanted to collect our wages for the night, like yeah, yeah, uh, we owed money. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we had a good time. <laughs> so we quickly decked it that we actually just play for the free drinks and then it disintegrated and uh, into chaos like well it was fun though i mean we're all in all 18 so it was <laughs> i've been at yeah. sessions that have disintegrated into chaos <laughs> isn't, isn't that fun so there's the punk rock element in trap music as well i guess there is call yeah. call me when there's one of those okay. on, but you can never plan them can you no. but come here you, you were saying you went to arts college then so in the mid 90s uh, a friend of mine who was not a musician um, was going back to college on an access course in Galway doing fine art. And I thought, hmm, I'd like to do that. And yes, I in worked, visual art. Yeah. yeah. I worked out how I could manage it financially mm. and everything. So mm. I went to do that, which was one day a week. Yeah. And after one day a week, I thought, I want to do this full time. <laughs> so I went full time. They didn't actually have the degree in the art college in Galway at that time. It probably yeah. came around 99, 2000. So I had to go to Cork to do my degree. So I did a year in Cork to get my degree. Did you live in Cork or did you I travel? I lived in Cork. Back and forth. And I travelled back at weekends. I travelled back most weekends, probably because I was teaching in the house. Right, yeah. Um... And then I did my master's in NCAD in the mid in two thousand and three, four, five, and yeah. I was travelling back then because I was teaching printmaking in GMIT then yeah. by that point. She's your so, woman of many talents. <laughs> That's incredible. So yeah, my but my yeah my degree was in printmaking. Yeah. And then my master's is in glass, hot um, kiln cast glass. Ah, okay, so more the <laughs> ornamental stuff, like, hmm? more the ornamental stuff, not no, no, no. Um, putting windows no, no, no. into a house, no? No, 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 not at all, <laughs> yeah. which really yeah. bothered the, the staff in the college because they are used to teaching people yeah. to have an idea, make the thing in glass yeah. and show it, and it would be more ornamental, whereas mm -hmm. my idea was play with the process and see what happens and then see what you can do with it. Yeah. which is much more of a fine art background kind of, um, I'm much more interested in process. So did you, you said you were teaching arts then? I was teaching, in... G, I was teaching printmaking in GMIT in Galway. Yeah. Did you do that for long? 
I did it for about five years. Oh, that's quite And then time, they yeah. changed the course. They took it off the... I was yeah. teaching on the access course. Yeah. They took it off the access course, so I was made redundant. Yeah, but that didn't eat into your time you spent with Irish trap music then, no? Um, not really, although... Because there's a lot of travel involved. It is uh, true that I generally am either in art mode or in music mode, and it's very hard for me to combine the two. Yeah. Do you still paint for yourself? Or? I've never painted. Oh, you never painted? Not I really, but I did do a bit in college. It's not fair to say I never painted. Yeah. My diploma oh, I was in paint. Don't that, like. I'm a printmaker, so drawing yeah. is the is one of the real essences of yeah. printmaking. Yeah. So, but then I got into printing on glass and blah, 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 yeah. etching glass and things uh, like that. So, hold on. Architect, <laughs> uh, musician on um, one, two, three, four instruments, concertina yeah. five now. Yeah. Um, then um, the artist going on another, embarking on another, another subject to study, getting um, the bachelor's and the master's, mm -hmm. teaching then. So what have you been up to lately? Well, let's get to it. <laughs> Another career. So, uh, well, yeah, the most recent thing. Well, actually, about nearly 10 years ago, I was thinking, oh, I really should be doing some teaching in my mm -hmm. studio here. Mm -hmm. so it's very, very hard to get established as an artist. I did really yeah. well in college, and I don't mean to yeah. brag about it, but yeah. I did do really well. But it's... I think especially as an older person, a mature student, it's really hard to get established as a as an artist and make a living and be accepted. So I would I spent a couple of years applying for every kind of a gallery, place, this, that and the other. Mm. I got nothing. So I thought, okay, can't be doing this. So I was looking around and Rita Wobble was already teaching painting here all the time. Mm. So I thought, what could I do? I'll, I could teach drawing. Yeah. Now, I have to say, I've never been taught drawing, even though I have a fine art degree. We had, we had um, a lecturer in um, life drawing. Mm. He, he never turned up. I think we had one <laughs> lesson. He was always drunk. Excellent. So I have ne never had any teaching in drawing, but I have my own methods. And I always say that to people. Look, this is... This is the way I would do it. And you can look online and look in books and see all sorts of other ways of doing it. There's no right way or wrong way. But anyway, I decided to teach drawing. And that took off really well. And we started Steffi Russell. Do you know the Russell Gallery? No, I don't know. Russell Gallery is down in Newquay, just down the road. And Steffi, who runs that, was in the class. And after Oh, the... that's kind of across from the Nance, isn't yeah. it? Just yeah, around... yeah. Just down yeah, the road yeah. from there. I've never been there. Um, yeah. Her, she's Italian. Her parents live in Tuscany. They have a organic uh, wine and olive oil business. Oh, very good. We're both in Tuscany because we lived there for uh, a couple of years. Um, near... I'll tell you when it comes to me. Uh, I know the name of the place, mind. but it's not an obvious place. Because uh, we lived in Siena But we went twice to stay with them, or no, three times. So we started going on these jaunts where we do go drawing. So I got paid to go to, to Italy. Where, hey. All my food, accommodation. <laughs> and then we'd go out, we, we rented a bus, well, not a bus, a little, you know, eight-seater. Yeah. And we'd go off every day. And Steffi is brilliant. She's a great organiser. She'd take us off different places. And I didn't have to do much teaching at all. I'd just say, oh, yeah, why don't you use a darker pencil or something? <laughs> We had some great holidays, and we went to La Gomera in the Canaries. Yeah. We were due to go to Venice, and it was all cancelled because of COVID. Well, you were and we there. haven't been back since. But that the drawing classes really took off. Have you been and to I Venice? still have some people I have in the oh, past. Yeah, horrible place. I have been, but it'd be a nice place to draw. Yeah, I yeah, there's plenty to do, and it would have been actually the ideal place during the lockdown because well, then there wouldn't true. be any people. Yeah. But yeah. now. When, when you say you're either in music mode or in arts mode, yeah, um, how it, long do those phases usually last? It depends. I mean, art... Are we talking days, weeks, Oh, no, months? no, no. I'm talking about months. Yeah. So if I'm working on something for an exhibition, mm -hmm. which I haven't done in about mm -hmm. five years, 
I could be absolutely, totally involved. I could be up all night. Sure. It's just night and day. Like that, I'm totally obsessed yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. But we, we are talking month rather than just the off day. I know, no, yeah. no, months. Because when you have a project, months. you kind of sink your teeth into that. Now, since my sister died two years ago, I have not felt like making any art of my mm. own. Apart from sketching. I love sketching. I like yeah. being out, just drawing whatever I see. Yeah. I haven't felt any inclination to make art. She was a very good painter. But so I'm in music mode at the moment. Oh, but, but if a big art project came along, um, I could be... I, d I don't think it will. I don't really... F I, I've never had any interest... It sounds ridiculous. Do you feel that comment? I've never had any interest in selling my work. Yeah. People want to buy it. That's fine. Yeah. It's nice. But... Yeah. I've never. I'm not a self promoter like that at all. Yeah. Just doesn't. Uh, I can't be bothered. But do you do you feel that coming? There's a wave of artistry or a wave of music coming mm, on. Not really. It's if somebody says they'd like me to do an exhibition mm. with them, and we we kind of come up with the plan. Mm. Then I get involved. Yeah. No, I would for myself. I would really feel it coming. Like you know, there there, there might be something that catches my eye, and then mm -hmm. I mull it over mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. well, quite some time, several weeks to several months. Like this podcast took me basically three years to get off the ground okay. Uh, okay. till I got finally up and actually did it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, I definitely feel well, it coming. There are little projects that kind of hang around in your head, and yeah. you think you might do it one day. Yeah. But at the moment, I'm not inclined. I know. I've written this book. <laughs> That's what I wanted to talk to you but about. It's not quite the same, yeah. but it was it was all absorbing, and a lot of other things suffered because of that. I had to keep cancelling things. Was yeah. I've just got to get on with the book. I've got to get on with the book. Well, what's what's the book about? So it's a children's book, isn't the, it? It's a children's book. Yeah. Um, Debbie Brown, who lives in the village, she's mm -hmm. very sick. She's in a wheelchair. I know, yeah. And she's been wife. a really good friend, and she was my accountant. And I was visiting her around Christmas, and I fell in love with their latest dog, whose name is Leroy. He's about, I want to say six foot tall, but he's probably three <laughs> foot tall. He's only just two, I think, so he's still a puppy. And I'm mad about dogs, as you know, Chris. Any dog, I... I walk down the road, I say hello to the dog before I say hello to the people. <laughs> I love dogs. Well, I love animals. I love my cats too. That's good. Anyway, I was visiting Debbie and I thought to entertain her, I thought, oh, I'm going to do some drawings of Leroy for you. Mm -hmm. That was the first plan. And then I thought, oh, no, let's make a little, I make a little book. I make it into a little book. And so it this was is five months ago? After Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very quick, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So anyway, sorry. Didn't I don't hang you. around once I get an idea. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to interrupt So you. I started thinking, oh, yeah, and then we could we could print it and sell it and make some money for the charity. There's a MSA charity, which is mm -hmm. based in the UK, and also mm -hmm. to ra raise awareness on Ireland because very few people have heard of it in Ireland, mm -hmm. and it was misdiagnosed for a long time because it's so rare. It is a, For Debbie. It is a motor neuron disease, isn't no, it? No, no, no. It's called Similar multiple system atrophy. Okay. And I think of it like motor neuron combined yeah. with multiple sclerosis, yeah. combined with Parkinson's. It's like the three of those. Ooh. All it's. It's That's a horrible. Terrible thing. Yeah. And. I've just missed out a little bit. I worked for the MS Society for seven years yeah. as a physiotherapist. <laughs> a physiotherapist? Yeah, just throw that out there. <laughs> and a community worker. Kind of. So I knew a lot about MS. And yeah. it's not MS and it's not yeah. motor neuron, but it's similar. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought to entertain Debbie, I'd do a few little drawings for her. Yeah. But she's a great artist yeah. herself. And I we know. talk about art. You know, it's one of our connections. And... Uh, the project just grew and so oh we get it printed i can get it printed online because i'm used uh -huh. to doing stuff on the computer mm -hmm. so the book is actually a true story it's not really a story it's about leroy the jog it's called leroy's lunch mm -hmm. and it's aimed at kind of one to six year olds i would say okay it's very very simple yeah. it's it's illustrations and one line on each page 
Oh, okay. How many pages are we talking about? 28 pages. Okay, cool. And how and did you get it printed? I, I put it all on the computer and then I have a friend in Kinvara, Mel Durkin, who okay. I've discovered, I didn't know this at the time, yeah. I didn't have the, the software to make the proper print mm -hmm. files that they, because my software is kind of 20 years out of date. Okay. And... Um, Mel did it for me for free and put it all into the print, final yeah. print files, and we just send it to Digital Printing Ireland, yeah. .ie. So it's all self-published. It's all ready to go. You just send it, and they print it and send it back. Oh, very good. So people could basically approach you now, and you would order a number of copies, yeah. and then people Well, we could... have 500 already oh, very printed. <laughs> <laughs> We're hoping to shift them in the next couple of months. So when is the launch then? Is the launch is week, on Friday the 9th of June, yeah. which is a week on Friday. It's yeah. 10 days from now. Yeah. At Fox's, yeah. we're hoping for sunshine, because I am expecting a lot of people. Oh, very good. But foxes... Um, It'll they... be out on the, on the front. Yeah. So we can bring our own cans, yeah? Because Absolutely. foxes don't, don't serve beer, Absolutely. do they? Well, I think yeah. it, with any luck, if there's so many people, I'm hoping to sell copies and people maybe go down to Sexton's or yeah. across to Kyo's or, or sit in yeah. Kyo's garden. You know, yeah. there won't be room for everybody on the pavement. I see this yeah. huge crowd coming. Now, whether that... It's a bit like when you have a party... You invite 100 people and maybe three turn up. Yeah, but at the same time, as, as much as anything in, in Ireland, particularly sort of throughout May, June, July, it's also weather dependent. Absolutely. You, know, you have a fabulous day Absolutely. like today and there's a million people turning out. You have a shit day and rain, there's five people there. Yeah. yeah, but is this your first book then? This is my first book. So you've now done... I have made um, an artist's book before, which is a different thing altogether. Yeah. That would be a collection of um, not drawings. Not even a collection. Then, it's yeah. it's a piece of art in itself. Uh huh. I've, There's a whole thing called artist books. Look uh, it up online. And I made one in connection with a exhibition I was running at the time. Uh -huh. And I've never sold them. I have two in the house. Yeah. I don't know where they are. It's actually a collection of prints. It's concertina style. And it folds okay. away into yeah. a beautiful box with a copper cover, yeah. and then it folds out, and you can put the whole thing out on a shelf. So there's actually the 3D and sensory aspect to it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I see. Because, um, I mean, now we had physiotherapy thrown into the mix there. I know. I just, I just thought well. I'd entertain so I was you with that. I was wondering if, if you had another 20 books published and no. 200 records made. No. Did you get a Grammy anywhere? <laughs> But this, this is utterly stunning. Um, 2018. Would you actually be interested in writing prose and poetry? Or um, would you not have the patience for it? I started writing a novel a couple of times, but actually I just thought, yeah. um, I suppose I did think, oh God, that would be easy. And it wasn't. I know. It just didn't grab me. Um, I've had a few ideas that I think would be good ideas for a book. But they never took off, and now I've no interest. Yeah. I'd much rather do another children. I'm, I've got the second one planned already. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It uh, was such fun. It was really good fun. Yeah. But how much time would it actually take you? I mean, it's very individual, but how much time would you dedicate every day or per week? You wouldn't probably be working every very, day. Very, very hard to say. Because I know those things, you start off, you sit down, you make yourself a cup of tea or coffee or whatever, and you sit down and all of a sudden the day is gone. I would do lots and lots and I maybe do four or five hours at, at a go. Yeah. But there was always something else happening. I have yeah. a music class on a Tuesday, I have two drawing classes. So this I a part-time job. I had, yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't possibly tell you how much time, yeah. but I think I started in about February. Yeah. And I kept thinking, oh, yeah. it'd just be another week, oh, yeah. it'd just be another week, and yeah. then something else would come so up. So effectively, for a couple of months, it was a part-time job you took on uh, because you wanted to take this this project to the finish yeah. line. And yeah. um, how much waste would you have produced um, while you're doing the... Masses, yeah. That's one thing... I, I have a couple of big files, and yeah. I find it very hard to throw things away, even though mm -hmm. they're of no use to anybody... Even me. Yeah. But I have a lot of drawings. Yeah. A lot of drawings. I mean, try drawing a wheelchair. It is really hard because one yeah. of the pictures, Debbie wanted to be in the book. Mm -hmm. 
is her in the wheelchair. Yeah. And drawing a wheelchair is really hard. <laughs> and simplifying it for a child, yeah. simplifying it yeah. in terms of making it a drawing that's easy to understand. Yeah. It was interesting, all of that, because I didn't yeah. draw the dog as the dog really yeah. is. Got the right colouring, the right shape. Yeah. But I had to make it not cartoonish, but more child-friendly. Yeah. More easily readable as an image. Yeah. Um, so... I don't want to scare you, but on, um, scare I you. had, uh, well, if you had to do it for a living, then you'd be out of a job by now. Because I had this uh, discussion with Bernadette there last week, and she told me of a good friend of hers who was trying to break uh, or make a name for herself mm -hmm. over decades as a cartoonist. Oh, and right. yeah, finally, yeah, yeah. she really got the magazine covers now, and she got, um, just last year, she got a big award. Like, she's now um, a cartoonist of international mm -hmm. reputation. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Bernadette went over to Berlin there just a couple of weeks ago, met that friend of hers and uh, congratulated her on her latest mm. achievement, mm. winning this mm. whatever award it was, and asked her, how are things going anyway? And she said, well, I have no work lined up for the rest of the year because it's all AI. It's, it's scary yeah, for yeah. those people. Um, I mean, there's, there's yeah. obviously like all those knowledge-based jobs, like, like call center jobs. Accountancy is now something that mm. really goes out of the window. A lot of the people in the legal profession, like don't they would be looking at uh, mm -hmm. picking up welding or block lane. Um, but for cartoonists, graphic designers, really hard times. Because mm. um, I I've kind of went into this rabbit hole the last couple of weeks and it's just frightening. And if you want to illustrate something like that, mm. what you've done without the passion, obviously, you mm -hmm. know, it's like as artists, well, we tend to try to satisfy ourselves anywhere, our need to express. Luckily, I didn't do this to make money for myself. It's exactly. only to make money for the charity yeah, yeah. and to raise awareness for the yeah. charity. So I'm not making yeah. any money out of it and I don't see it as a money making thing. Yeah, yeah. But... It was fun to do. Yeah. I did it because it was fun and I'll do another one because it'll be fun. Yeah. Oh, we are doing yeah. things because we like doing exactly. them. But if you had to... And I am lucky that yeah. I can yeah. survive on quite yeah. a limited budget. Yeah. I don't... I I choose to live like that for my lifestyle. Yeah. To do the things I want yeah. to do and find a way of getting by money-wise. Yeah. I can. Al I do always manage to find a way of making yeah. a bit of money here and there. But aren't we lucky, like, say, our generation, um, you might be a week older than me, no more than that, but oh, come on. But um, that we grew up the way we grew up. Um, it's the, the challenges the kids yeah. these days yeah. have. Like, yeah. it's yeah. In, in, in terms of just carving well, a life career for themselves. I Not grew up in post-war Britain, so yeah. we had free education, free, yeah. me free medicine. Yeah. It never crossed my mind that things would get worse. I thought they'd get better and better. I mean, that was the norm, yeah, and I thought it would improve. Kids should live improve than from we do. what I would see as improve, yeah. whereas it's gone it's, way, way back. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, it is scary. Yeah. Anyway. But particularly for young, aspiring artists yeah. um, oh, to yeah. uh, try to make a living on something they're passionate about. Um, I mean, YouTube is great. You know, you can, you can publish yourself on YouTube, and someone might pick it up and you get mm. a career out mm. of that. There are mm. quite a number of examples. And if you're just doing it for self-expression, all those, you know, social medias and YouTube uh, among them um, are a great outlet for that. But in order to really carve a career for yourself, mm. um, really mm. learn your trade in sort of in any artistic sense, it's just extremely hard and a lot harder for the kids nowadays than it is for I us. I just remembered another little thing I did job-wise. So you went to the moon? No. <laughs> I um, I did quite a lot of graphic design work, like um, on the computer, on right. magazines, with through a friend yeah. in Kinvara, not, not the same one that helped me. When was that? Um, Roughly. Maybe 15 years ago, for okay. a few years. So technology was already quite good at that Absolutely, point. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we're yeah, not talking about yeah. the Windows 95 that wouldn't start and all that. No, no we, we, we were actually using Quark. It was before Adobe, yeah. um, whatever the one is they use these days. Um, I can't think what it's called. Well, I wouldn't know either, but you would be... InDesign. InDesign is the one that a lot of people use for um, graphic designers, Adobe InDesign. But anyway, uh, it was all computer-based. But you would be happy enough to work with modern technology, yeah? Yes, my com I can't afford a new computer. Uh, I mean, I have an iMac, which is nearly 20 years old. 
Oh, they're solidly built, though. Yeah, but it won't take know, the new technology. That's the problem. It won't. You can't load stuff, certain things on it. It just won't accept it. Apple are particularly bad because I have, um, and that's old Apple. It's a 2013 machine. Mm-hmm. It's really solidly built. But Apple, after a couple of years, I think the life cycle is something like five to six yeah. years. They stop supporting. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I have, a, I have a MacBook, a MacBook, which is 2014. Fantastic machine, update great it. screen and all this, but it doesn't it's upgrade ridiculous. or update. Yeah, it's horrible. But, but I can't afford. I mean, Photoshop used to be you'd buy the the package, yeah, which is a big one that yeah. I used as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then they started. Maybe oh god, a good, maybe twenty years ago they started. You have to pay monthly, and oh, then you always get an update, but you have to pay monthly. It's all and I've never done now. that, so because uh, yeah. I've never really been able to justify that for myself. Uh, do you like working with computers? I love working on Photoshop. I love working with uh, images on uh, computers, yeah. Because I love that too. It's nice yeah. and neat, but at the same time, I have absolutely no talent for it. Okay. But uh, computers are great. But uh, And do, do you get into this, this kind of mode? Um, you spend hours on end on YouTube. No, is the answer to that. No. You have enough discipline for that, yeah. I have enough other things to be doing. <laughs> no, I, I just can't help myself because it's... it's no, really... I know it's all there. And yeah. sometimes when I'm going to do um, a drawing class and I think, shit, I've no idea what I'm going to do today. Yeah. Oh, I'll do drawing trees. Shit, how do I draw trees? So I go and look, <laughs> I look online. But actually I watch stuff and then I think... No, actually, I know better than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have the discipline for it. It's just this rabbit hole. That's how I consume music now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but one last thing before you want to go swimming. Um, actually, professional swimmer, have you crossed the channel? No. Any of that? No, no, but I did grow up by the sea, so I was always a swimmer. But you, you, All our family were swimmers. But you were doing this. I've seen you, like, in January... Out yeah, and about and go on swimming. Chris, if you saw me, we only kind of dip in and dip. We don't stay more than five minutes. There are people that swim, swim in the middle of winter. I don't do that because it's too cold for my it's face. It's still five minutes. I wouldn't last five seconds. But you're doing this pretty much every day, don't you? Yeah, yeah. This is my fourth year now. I'm into my fourth year of every day. And do you find... I do miss days. I mean, there's days when I don't go in. Sure. I didn't go in yesterday for various reasons. It just got too complicated. But normally you would say swim six out of seven days. You know, there's At always least, something yeah, that yeah. is absolutely incredible. And do you actually find the health benefits that have been described by other people absolutely. that they feel fresh? There's no way yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't I wouldn't be doing it if it didn't improve my head space, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I come out with that feeling of being totally balanced yeah. and energized. Yeah. And I just think, oh, this is great. I have never, ever come out from the sea and thought, oh, jeez, I wish I hadn't done that. Even if it's freezing and the wind is howling and you're wet and cold. Because we're so close to the sea, you can get home quickly. Yeah, still. I mean, I can't imagine not living by the sea. We did spend all our childhoods on the sea. We had a little boat as kids and we'd be out on the boat and messing about on the beach and... All of that. Yeah. That was my life. And did you ever do any other sports, like when you were younger, kind um, of semi-competitively? No, not really. I was in the oh. in the netball team school. I wasn't a good runner. My sister was a good runner, so they yeah. expected me to be good because I've got longer legs than uh. her. <laughs> I wasn't. But sports no. wasn't your thing. It was arts, basically. That kind Definitely, of. Definitely, yeah. 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 At what time actually did it dawn on you? Time in your life. It, did it dawn on you that um, you actually really wanted to be an artist as opposed to like playing music for fun and then pursuing architecture in college to get a serious job? There must have been some kind of moment in your life where you'd say, no, listen, it's really art that I want to follow. Would have been. No, it wasn't teens? a dawning thing like that. No? I mean, I studied architecture because. I had a very specific reasons, which was I was good at arts and sciences. Mm-hmm. And architecture is one of the only things that really covers a hugely broad range of both <laughs> arts and sciences. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that sounds like, that'll be good. Yeah. That, that sounds good. Yeah. But in all honesty, I don't think I was ever very good. Now, I had some really interesting jobs. I was yeah. part of Matrix Feminist Design Corp, which was the first all-women's practice yeah. In London, working in community architecture, a lot of kind of high-profile political stuff. 
I must get you together with Bernadette. Right, <laughs> so, but I never really felt comfortable as an architect. I think I'm a good yeah. designer. I never felt comfortable on site. I mean, you have to be able to go on site and tell the site foreman, that's, that's awful, take it down, do it again. <laughs> I just didn't have the balls. I'm a very, I don't like conflict. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not a good, I'm quite a good manager in a team in an office, yeah. but on site with a lot of men, sure, I just really, ready. and we didn't have any kind of training that would help you with those things. And I, I really didn't like that part of the job. I just didn't feel confident. You have to be confident. You have to really trust Absolutely. in yourself that you know what you're doing if you're going to be telling people what to do on site. Yeah. And they've 30 years' experience and, you know, you've yeah, got yeah, a punk hairstyle. I, one day I had to go on site and meet new contractors. I had bleached hair up here and shaved right around the back. <laughs> and I can remember looking around the house to try and find something I could put on my head so they take me seriously. <laughs> um, I don't think I was really a good architect, but maybe I didn't have the right experience, uh, you know, when I was first out of college. Yeah. Um, and it is something... I mean, in terms of choosing music, which I went from architecture to music, really, um, when I was an architect, we had our own practice that for quite a while. Mm. I would never be... I'd never stop thinking about it. You go home, 10 o'clock at night, think, did I put the damp proof course in the right place? <laughs> did I send off that AI to the builders? It's constantly, and when it's your own practice, the pressure is enormous. You might be spending half a million pounds for somebody. Yeah. You're responsible for it. Yeah. I don't know how it works in Germany or in, in Ireland, it's slightly different. Yeah. But the architect in the UK is the head of the team and they're responsible for everybody and everything. Yeah. So you have to be on top of absolutely every aspect, the engineering, the money, all of that, yeah. building the design. No, I, I would kind of understand as well how people would at some point in their life would want to leave that kind of responsibility behind them. It was the responsibility. I didn't feel I because was doing don't have a good a job and I didn't love it yeah. enough. Yeah. And I realised there were other things and it was the music, it was the Irish music yeah. that I loved more. I yeah. Thought, I just, okay. Just say goodbye. Yeah. This this makes perfect sense to me. Like, and then life obviously just happens. I think my father died in eighty seven, so it was yeah. a few years after. If he'd been still alive, it might have been a bit harder. Mm. He might have tried to dis dissuade me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if, if you have a daughter who has a reputable job, like you know, it's always exactly. a disappointment. You're going to do what? Oh yeah, one last question before you go. Yeah. Have you tried your hands on acting? No. Never felt you. Want at that stage, no? No, not an actor. Yeah. Have you tried it? Uh, only in school. Uh, no, only in school. Is that and for some reason, drama doesn't really interest me. I mean, I love films. Yeah. And I like to go to the theatre. If someone says, oh, I've got tickets for this, do you want to come? I think, yeah. oh, yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. It's the event more yeah. than the thing itself. I find it really hard to not think... They're just people walking around on the stage. <laughs> you, do you know what I mean? To, to, yeah. What's the word? Suspend yeah. disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. I find it all a bit staged, which is ridiculous. It is staged. Well, it is. That's what it yeah. is. It just doesn't get me. But yeah. I like to go for the experience. Yeah. But no, it doesn't. It's never really yeah. grabbed me. Or having said that, I, I've done a bit of stage design. Yeah. For somebody who's to run a dance. But well, that's again in the line of it's design the, and it's the design, kind of yeah. Paint, into it, painting sets and, and designing yeah. sets and things for people. Yeah. That was a laugh. I have to ask the last question for the third time. Actually, what about rock music? Or like well, that kind of music? I Did was always into, into all sorts of music. All yeah. sorts of music. But I started getting into folk music, I suppose, like singing mm. guitars, singer-songwriter mm. stuff mm. in my teens. Yeah, I liked it, but I have to say, once I got into Irish music, I couldn't be bothered to listen to anything else. Really, yeah? Just, and I don't have Irish music. I cannot yeah. put it on as background music yeah. because the minute it's on, I'm analysing it or listening. Okay, yeah. But I, I mean, the thing I like to work to in the studio, if I'm working on my own art project, would be piano music, probably. Yeah. But you Chopin. Would have, 
All right, yeah. For example, yeah. Mendelssohn. But you would have been in London in 77 and 78. Yeah, I went to quite a few bands. That would have been my dream. I did go to quite a lot of bands. We used to do that, and it was great. But then I discovered uh. something else that was even better. <laughs> it was just purely entertainment. It didn't grab me. I didn't want to be part of it in terms yeah. of part of making it. Yeah. Okay. Although I did play the guitar. Like, yeah. Between kind of 16 and... 26 or so, I played the guitar. Ah, uh, sure, there's still time we might form the rock band. <laughs> <laughs>